Yo, what is going on? This is your boy A1 Who's back up in your feed with another episode of the show. We do have a returning guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, what's up, everyone? It's your, it's your boy KB's Goat. Um, that's my at on Twitter. In case you want to follow me for any NBA slash Kobe content, you know, um, I really appreciate it. The best, definitely the, one of the best Kobe accounts on the Burr app. So that way, let's go. No problem. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into it. First, we're going to be talking about LeBron and the Lakers. Now, I'm pretty sure you saw what happened last night. You watched the game, I'm sure. Unfortunately. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Um. Well, I, I can't put the blame on any one person because that was a collectively terrible performance over the last two games. Uh, can't lie. Mm-hmm. But um, – what really worried me was when Anthony Davis re- got hurt because we had momentum in games two and three because Anthony Davis was playing so well uh, yeah. on both ends. So I, I just got a little worried when he went down in um, game four, I believe. And um, when when I saw ESPN first takes graphic that they posted, that worried me even more. It was like um, – it said something like uh, – when the Lakers were playing with LeBron and no AD this season, they were 10-1 and one versus non-playoff teams, but 1-6 mm-hmm. versus playoff teams. So that alone just had me worried. I was like, oh, this might go bad. And then when we lost by 30 points in game five, I, like, I, knew, I knew it would be very difficult for us to win. So when I saw that AD was coming back in game six, I was a little skeptical, but I was also a little bit happy because I was, I was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, he's coming back. That might, you know – bring some life to this team but then watching him play yesterday I don't think he should have came back because he couldn't move proper laterally and it just only aggravated the pain for him so I think he should have just rested and I mean that's just the summary of the season it was just an injury riddled season and Mm -hmm. um, I I think the guys should just you know go home get as much rest as they can uh, over the offseason and hopefully come back with a retooled roster um, ready for you know next year well, well, a few things I want to talk about. I definitely want to talk about Anthony Davis because, I mean, mm-hmm. in the first minute, I don't know, I don't understand why they let him play. Yeah. In the first minute of that game, you could tell he definitely. I mean, he was hurt as soon as the first possession. He was already grimacing. So he yeah. said, "I don't know whose decision it was to let him play." Mm-hmm. I believe the doctors cleared him to play, but it's like, I don't know whose job that was or who messed that up because he was definitely hurt. I guess maybe he just wanted to play just to show everybody that he really was hurt. Yeah. Obviously, you have people like Charles Barkley saying, hey, you know, he, I'm going to call him street clothes from now on. Yeah. <laughs> now, Man. do you feel like let, – let, let's address the elephant in the room. Do you feel like this tarnishes LeBron at all? Like, how do you feel about what everybody's been saying about LeBron? I mean, I, I, I think it's – I don't think it really tarnishes his legacy too much, like, if at all, because he is quite old and – um I personally don't think he's the best player in the league anymore. He he isn't playing like it, so I can't call him that anymore. But do I really think it tarnishes his, like, all-time ranking or anything like that? Not really. But it is a bad look because in a lot of these games, especially the last two, he, he wasn't aggressive from the jump. He wasn't the LeBron we all expected to see. Like, we expected 2018 LeBron or something yeah, like that's, that. That's what I thought. We didn't get it. I mean, so do you feel like – what do you think his father's not? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, it, he said it was a – or, the like, the people around the Lakers said it was a high ankle sprain, right? Yeah. Because it's I mean, not uh, 
I'm not, I'm not entirely, a, I'm not a doctor or anything, but like, I don't, I don't know how long that takes to heal. So I, I wouldn't be, I, I, I'll take his word. He said he was injured. So I, I guess I'll go by that. So if he was injured, I mean, yeah, I guess I can see why he was, he was being a little passive, but like, man, I mean, I wish he would have been a bit more aggressive anyway. Here's how I feel about the situation. For one, Kuzma got to go. I, yes, I mean, Shanghai Sharks need somebody. The Shanghai Sharks, you know, saying they need somebody. <laughs> I feel like, you know, he would be a valuable contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he averaged six points per game for the whole series. That was pathetic. Dennis Schroeder, yes. he put up 14, but he was inconsistent. Good one game, solid one game, and then bad the next. Yep. Um, Andre Trumman probably, I mean, I've been hearing that he's probably going to be up out of there. He was. He had a couple good games. He wasn't terrible. Yeah, he, he I mean, in the first that. in the first half of the series, he was decent. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't say he was terrible three. or anything. I think, I, think so, yeah. I think it was game three. Yeah, he was playing decent defense from what I saw. I mean, nothing like. Yeah, I don't know. Terrible. I I just this Lakers team is. Oh yeah, the roster roster needs to be retooled in my opinion, especially now, with that, LeBron aging. Hey, I mean, he's thirty six now. He's about to be thirty seven. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No, but Devin Booker though. Man. He he shocked me with that game yesterday. Like he came out there guns blazing. Like this man would not miss. I, I was so stunned because the, like he dropped 47 I, points. I was I was like, when is he gonna miss? When is he gonna like take a bad shot? You know, when is the rhythm gonna like swing for the Lakers? It it, it was too late when the momentum shifted. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like he, he's a great player. Um, you know, wish wish him nothing but the best. But yeah, uh, here's another, I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. But um, yeah. One thing I did want to point out. I mean, obviously he did hit eight threes, which is mm. like I believe a career high for him. So yeah. right off the gate, he's just been hooping, and I feel like we've been so focused on slandering the Lakers and LeBron. Mm. And we have not been talking about what Devin Booker's been doing. He's dropped 30 points in every game in the series except two of them. And I think those two, he had like 27 or like 28. So. He's been playing great basketball, and he's literally answered the question of, oh, is he just an empty stats guy? Is he just putting up points mm. on a bad team? And it's like, that's not the case. So mm. I don't know where you were going, like what you were about to say. I don't know. <laughs> My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, hey, I was going to keep saying he's good, but – yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, how do you feel about Devin Booker? Because I feel like we're getting away from him, and we're not appreciating his greatness. Like, he really did his thing out there. No, that was a great first playoff series for him. I mean, it was more than I expected, personally. I mean, he didn't he go out – didn't he average, like, 30 points per game for the series nearly? Like His first playoff experience. Th- this seems to be a trend with a lot of young players nowadays. Like, a lot of them were, like, coming out here and putting on a show in their first and, playoff and we series. And we, we're going to get to all of them. But here's what here's yep. what I wanted to bring up. Michael Jordan in his very first playoff series like, was against the Bucks in 85. He put mm-hmm. up 29 points per game in, in yep. those four games. Devin Booker just went out here against one of the three best players ever. Outplayed him and averaged 30. See what I'm yep. saying? So that just goes to show you how unprecedented, how unprecedented that truly is because not even MJ, best player ever, was able mm-hmm. to drop 30 in his first playoff series. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. So I'm just I'm I'm a fan officially after after watching that series. <laughs> yeah. I mean But let, let's go ahead and um did you want to ask something? No, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, Booker was incredible. He put on the show. Chris Paul, I mean, obviously the stats are the stats. He only put up like nine and seven. 
<laughs> Someone said he team, put up a triple single. That's what I'm saying. But <laughs> his impact on this team, you know, the leadership, it definitely did have an impact. They played with so much energy that it was like they were having fun out there. So yep. I feel like we can't act like his impact on the team didn't help because it definitely did. Mm-hmm. He was literally an MVP candidate this season. But I want to move on to Dame Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers because how much longer do you think Dame can tolerate all this? I don't know because, like, Damian Lillard, just as a person, seems like he's very loyal to the Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'd be be thinking that he's loyal to a fault almost because, man, Portland, they've got to make some moves if they expect this type of loyalty from Damian Lillard. Like, it feels like they're almost taking advantage of it at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? Yeah, yeah you can go oh, ahead, right, right. How do you feel about the whole, because I'm pretty sure you watch, like, First Take or stuff mm-hmm. like that. Stephen Sometimes. A always be saying how um, CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard are not a fit because CJ has a small guard, and they he feels like Portland got to get rid of one of them in order to compete. So do you feel like that's the case, or do you think they you can build around that? You know, not like I, – I I've been thinking this for the longest. I, I've been thinking that – if they want to build around one of them, it has to be Damian Lillard. And two, if they're going to trade CJ, they got to get someone that's, like, better on defense to replace him. Yeah, they need somebody bigger and a better defender. Like, yes. can you imagine Dame next to Clay Thompson? Hmm. That's ridiculous. But I, I don't imagine the Warriors giving up Clay. but oh, that yeah, would be yeah, crazy. No, of course not. Of course not. But, like, a Clay Thompson-esque player, that would yeah. be perfect. You know, like if me, I heard the Celtics might try and – they might try and blow it up. So, I mean, maybe they could try and get someone like a, a Jalen Brown who's just like a bigger body and can just, you know, play defense better than C.J. McCollum. Yeah, you think Boston really about to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard some things. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't think they, there's any. Danny Ainge like, stepped down. So, I mean, anything could happen at this point. And then I hey. guess, um, I mean, I don't know if they wouldn't give up Jalen Brown, though. C.J. McCollum. I don't know. Yeah, he is a great player. He is really good, though. And before his injury this season, he was literally on face to be an all-star for the first time. He's putting up, like, oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. a game. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they got eliminated by Denver in five games. Yeah. I mean, not five, six, six, six games. Yeah. Six, my fault. Without Jamal Murray. Mm. So, is Jokic that guy or what? I, de- I definitely think so. I mean, Jokic, he's proven it. I mean, it, even in, you know, last year's playoffs and the year before last, he he's shown that you know he improves his play in the playoffs and he consistently you know just gets better and plays really well in the playoffs. So you know you just gotta respect that from a guy like him and you know that that's just further proving that he's gonna be deserving of this year's MVP. He's just playing so well, and he was I, in the regular season. You spin and and the thing about Jokic is literally the only flaw he has is defense. He's literally like no a plus in every other category. Yeah, his his offense is unbelievable. Like, he's kind of like – everyone says that Luka plays like Larry Bird, but I actually feel like Jokic plays more like Larry Bird. Yeah. Except just a little bit taller and slower. Yeah. I don't know how I you agree. feel about the comparison. I agree. I mean, Luka, Luka plays differently from Larry Bird. Like, his it, – it's different. I feel like Jokic would be a better comparison to Larry just, Bird. It's just that he's a bit taller, slower. Yeah, exactly. Worse he, defensively. He, Jokic is pretty much Larry Bird, and Larry Bird was, like, just a little bit slower and taller. And worse on defense. But, and worse yeah. on defense, Exactly. So, how far do you think the Denver Nuggets can actually go? Like, what do you think their ceiling is? This, what do you think their ceiling is for this season? And what do you think it would take for them to be actual championship contenders? Ooh, now, now that the Lakers are out of the picture due to you know health and just losing to the Suns as well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Nuggets could make a push for the finals. I don't know if they could win it, 
but I think they can make a push for the finals because they have the Suns in their way. But I think if if Jokic and MPJ step up enough, and you know the role players around them come together and they they play really well, I think they could beat the Suns in six probably. And then depending on who they get in the Western Conference Finals, whether it be you know the Jazz, whether it be the Mavs, or whether it be the Clippers, if they come back and beat the Mavs, you know. Oh, Clippers are going to Cancun tonight. You ain't heard? Yeah, I, I hope. So. I would hope so. I mean, I I want to see Luca do well, but I, if they play any of those teams, I think they have a very good chance against them. So I do think they could really make the finals and make some noise this year, possibly. I definitely see them. I mean, with the Lakers out, like you said, it's pretty mm-hmm. much wide open in the West at this point. It, yep. it could be one of like five teams yep. or four. And I mean, we'll see what happens tonight with the Clippers and Mavs. I mean. I'm expecting the Mavericks to win because well we're gonna talk about Kawhi later. Yeah, I'm not gonna get to that right now. All but right. yeah, like you said, I don't know if Jamal Murray can be your second best guy though. Do you think he could be the second best guy? Honestly, based off potential, if I had to pick between one of the two, I would take MPJ over Jamal Murray, just potential wise. I, 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 I agree, 100. Mm-hmm. So and it, let's go ahead and, and go on to the to the young players in the league like we was about to mention earlier. Now I have oh, written yeah. down John Morant, mm-hmm. but it's really all of them because all of them showed up and showed out. And Man, it, it's it's down, really Clay. refreshing to see this. Like all of these young players doing so well. Exactly. Like yo, it's a new era. But mm-hmm. I want to talk about Ja and Trey in particular because yep. before the playoffs start, I predicted. I was saying I was thinking to myself, you know what? Both of them are really really small. And by small, I mean they're really skinny and scrawny. Yes. And yes. both of them are were going up against two of the best defensive teams in the league. So mm. I thought both of them would drop off significantly because I'm like, you know what? They're gonna they're facing some of the best defense in the league, especially Trey Young and the Hawks. I mean, mm-hmm. the the Knicks are rated uh, third in defensive rating. Yeah. And the Utah Jazz are ranked fourth. So I'm mm. thinking, yeah, they're definitely gonna get locked up, or they're just gonna have bad shooting nights, stuff like that. And both mm-hmm. of them went out and literally put up like thirty a game. Yeah. So let's talk about Trey Young first, and then we can talk yeah. about Ja. But in that series, did you see that coming from Trey Young? Like you really thought he was about to perform like that, or did you think he would fall off? Well, the thing about small guards like that is the guys that are like you know six foot one, six foot. It, it takes a special someone to be really good in the playoffs at that size. Now Trey Young, he's shown that he could be that special type of someone because I mean he's a he's a great player. He can shoot the ball. He can playmate for teammates at a very high level um mm-hmm. and you know he's just shown that he has a t- like a great mentality about it too because in, in game one he basically silenced the garden at the end like that that was that was some great stuff to see mm-hmm. and overall for the series like I, I didn't expect the series to be that short I'm not gonna lie I expected that I series thought the to Knicks go seven. Six. I, I thought, thought that series would go seven but man the Hawks surprised me that that's all I could say they surprised me with that did you think the Knicks were going to win, though? I think initially I did have the Knicks in seven. But I had the Knicks in six because I thought that defense was going – like I said. I thought yeah, I thought, I, I thought the defense would be the, like, difference maker in the series. But it was really Derrick Rose. I mean, Derrick Rose played really oh, well yeah. for the Knicks, but it was Randall who was choking. I mean, yeah. I mean, Popeye's biscuits or something for a game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but D-Rose, I, I know he doesn't like to be called vintage D-Rose, but, man, that 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 performance by D-Rose was great. But Julius Randle, man, I expected he was more choking. from him. I expected fact, more from him. That's that's bad what he did this playoff. I mean, this is the first time he had any real expectations. I mean, because I think true. most people expected him to win. 
Mm. So I think maybe you know we we can give him a slight pass because this is his first time. I, I guess. But yeah. next year though, we gotta see better mm. than that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Let's go ahead and transition to Ja though, because mm. as you know, I mean you know me pretty well. Ja is one of my favorite players. I mean yep. behind only Jimmy Butler. We're not gonna talk Back. about Jimmy Butler though. <laughs> oh, that, that didn't Ooh. happen. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, so, but the thing about Jado, I mean, they came out strong. They, they, you know, he he played well against San Antonio, twenty six and six, mm-hmm. and then he literally outplayed Steph Curry yep. in his building and mm-hmm. sent them home. And now I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is Jado coming now. I mean, yep. he put up like thirty five points, something like that. And then they took game one against Utah. And he was just playing so well. Like, he was making such great decisions. He was getting no into the lane. His, his floater is literally unstoppable. That, that don't miss. Thanks. That's that's like a and, signature move for him. Exactly. And it's like what people don't realize, the way he was scoring inside the lane against Rudy Gobert. And mm-hmm. he was averaging 30 a game against Rudy Gobert. Because, yep. I mean, and I, I just, I don't know. I was just so amazed to watch that. What do you think about John Morant and the Grizzlies? And where do you see him going as far as potential? Um, I think the potential for that team is very high with John Morant, but not also not only just him, but also the guys around him like Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is, we're gonna talk about Dylan Brooks for sure. Th- those guys are great building blocks for the future. But when I saw John Morant bounce back against the Warriors, like I did, because I remember in the uh, final game of the season where the Warriors clinched the uh, eighth seed in the play, mm-hmm. um, I think John Morant shot poorly from three. But when he came back against the Warriors in that play-in game, he showed so much confidence. Just he, he, he didn't he look phased. I think so. He or five or six or something like that. He was just shooting them with such confidence. He just let them go. He he wasn't worrying about it, and he was knocking shots down. And then on top of that, in overtime, I think um, he, as you said, he was hitting that floater of his, and he definitely did outplay Steph Curry in overtime. Um, honestly, from from just an NBA fan perspective, I don't uh, – I'm, like, surprised by how well the Grizzlies played that series and how competitive they made it. I just, every I, game was competitive. It, it, yeah. it was 4-1, but it's like every game was – To, like to an extent, yeah, every game was competitive. I personally wanted to see Steph Curry in the uh, in the playoffs just because, you know, I did Steph. Too. But yeah. I, I didn't mind this outcome either because this this went pretty well. Um, And Job put on, uh you know, a, an exhibition basically. Like, he was going out there attacking the paint. You know, just 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 playing really well. Like he was, he was fearless against Rudy Gobert, and he just you know played really well because of it. And another thing too, like this is like on a complete side note. I was hoping that the Grizzlies would find a way to upset them because Get I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that KKK fan base do well. You know <laughs> so I wanted them to get sent home. Man. <laughs> I mean, no, but let, go ahead, go ahead. Hey, I I wouldn't have minded that either. I I would have I would have had fun watching. A hypothetical Luca versus Ja matchup in the second round. That would have been fire. That would have been flames. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But let's talk about Dylan Brooks, though, because he's a two way mm. player. He's a dog. The yes. only problem with him is that he's too much of a good two way player. And what I mean by that is he gets fouls too often because he's trying mm. too hard on defense. But, like, yeah. he has like a nice offensive arsenal. Like, he literally can drive to the basket. He's not flashy mm. or anything, but he's kind yeah. of built. You know what I mean? And he can pull up with the mid range and hit the three. Mm-hmm. He's a really good co-star for John Morant. The only problem, though, is I feel like JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr., whatever you want mm-hmm. to call him, his IQ is terrible. He got to work yeah. on that because his shot – He definitely good. has to work on that, yeah. Yeah, for real. He, he's really good, and he definitely – you can see – Great potential. That he has potential to be really good. 
But his the shots he was taking is just like, why would you even shoot that? Like, I believe it was game four mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter where the game was pretty close. And it's like he had Rudy Gobert and another dude on him, and he literally tried to throw like a weak-ass layup up, and it got like straight up sent. Yeah. And like, why would you do something like that? So, I don't, I, hmm, yeah. <laughs> but as far as the Grizzlies are concerned, though, they definitely have potential, and they're definitely only going to get better from here. To no me, doubt. this is just like their first step. Next mm. year, I could probably see them being like a sixth or seventh seed. You know what I mean? Maybe. They might not even maybe. be in the play next year. Yeah, maybe. Now, I do have a hot take, though. Mm. <laughs> and if Ali listens to this, he probably agree with me. <laughs> I'm starting to feel okay. like John Morant should have been a first oh. number one pick. Ooh, okay, okay. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, John Morant is an excellent player. Um, him and Zion, you know, you could compare them all you want, but I feel like I feel like John's just a better fit for the Grizzlies. I feel like things just worked out well as as they did, honestly. Well, here's the thing though, you also have to consider the injury thing because obviously Zion is gonna be very injury prone based on how yeah. he's built. And he wait. I know yeah. Ali always be joking when he says this, but it's kind of true. Aside from dunking the basketball, <laughs> what does Zion do? You know what I, I'm saying? I, I feel like people um you know really I wouldn't say overvalue, but they value his his efficiency in the paint a lot because he's great in the paint. He's great at finishing, but outside of finishing, I mean, he has to work on a lot. Honestly, he has to work on his playmaking, which which did show some signs of you know decency this season. Yeah, but he like has to definitely work on his defense. That that's one thing he has to work on, and his floor spacing. Like yeah, those two things are valuable traits. His free throw, I mean, yeah, like you said, he's shown flashes of being able to be, like, a playmaker. I mean, we Mm -hmm. saw him bringing the ball up every now and again. So, he obviously can learn it. Mm -hmm. But I'm just talking about right now. I mean, we already know that John Morant, one of the best playmakers in the league, and he can already score. Obviously, Mm -hmm. his three-point shot is inconsistent, Mm -hmm. but he can still hit it when he needs to. I mean, the closeout game against Utah, he hit five of nine threes. So, he obviously can hit it when he really needs to. Whereas Zion, I think he hit like one three all year or something like that. I don't remember how many he hit, but it was very low. It's funny. He hit a very low amount this year, but I remember in his first game ever, didn't he hit like four threes against the Spurs? Yeah, he hit four threes in a row against San Antonio. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that, Zion. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to be like, yo, this man's a sniper after that one game. (laughs) Man. Now, we're going to go ahead and and talk about Kawhi, though, because I did tell you we were going to talk about Kawhi a little earlier. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Kevin's going to hear this or not, but he might want to tune (laughs) out. Yeah. It's not the Cavs section. Oh, man. Not at all. Yeah, Kawhi, I mean, okay. Yeah, he's played good for the most part in this year. He's averaging like 30 on 50% shooting. Yep. Well, he did game five against the Mavs was oh, was embarrassing. Yeah. I don't know who he thought he was when he hit that game time shot. Mm. He caught the ball with eight seconds left in the corner. Mm. He pumped fake. He drew the defender closer to him, and he airballed the game time shot. Yep. Who I don't know who he thought he was. <laughs> what were you? What were, what were your thoughts when you saw him do that? Well, when I saw him do that at first, I was like, "Huh? Did that just happen?" So then I had to like <laughs> after the game ended, I had to watch that back online. I was like, "No way! He just 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 threw it up like like yo, you don't want to be here." <laughs> I mean, he might not. I I can see that if he doesn't, but man, like, yo, you don't want to be a, here to say that. That's just a, that's just not a good shot. I'm not gonna lie, and I feel like why just in in clutch time moments like he's been 
prior to 2020, he's been a really, really good player. But I think it mm-hmm. all went downhill after Max Kellerman pro- like proclaimed that he was a better clutch time player than Kobe Bryant. Like ever since he said that, he's been straight up trash. The Clippers have been trash in the clutch since he said that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I th- I don't remember when he said that, but I just know that after he hit that walk off, everybody got tripped. Yeah. Everybody was, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, he's he's one of those guys now. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's all he's done since then. Like, has he ever hit a game winner since? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Maybe in the regular season. I think I saw him hit one last year or something. But yeah, it's, it, it just hasn't been the same. It just hasn't been the same. No, here's my here's where I was going with this. Mm. Because let's say tonight goes how I think it's gonna go. I think Luca gonna finesse. I think Luca's sending him <laughs> to King Coon. So right. if hey, it goes how I feel like it's going, what are we saying about Kawhi? Because at that point he's had one good playoff run in his career, which is twenty nineteen. Mm. And that's it. <laughs> 2014, well, for the most part, he was a role player. I mean, yeah. 2017, yeah, he beat the Grizzlies in round one. He beat James Harden the Rockets in round two. Mm-hmm. He only played part of one game in the conference finals. So yeah, that that I mean, that was because of injury. I feel like they could have pushed the Warriors a little bit in 2017, but you know, we perhaps. know based off what happens. But we gotta look at what actually happened. Now he did yeah. miss most of that series. So mm-hmm. in terms of actual good playoff runs that he's had, it's been one. Yeah. And you could almost poke a hole in that one too because KD and Clay missed time in that series as well in the finals. I so it's like yeah. prior to this season, we were saying, oh, Kawhi's an elite playoff performer. But it's like, what is that mm. based on? Is that based on 2019? That's it? I mean, I definitely think it is based on 2019. But overall, I think he has been a, a pretty good playoff performer. But like, he has to, I don't know, like, it, it just feels like he, he still has something to prove, in my opinion. Like, yeah, like he, he, there's definitely something to prove. If you looked at that. the accomplishments and the statistics and all that, you wouldn't think he had something to prove because, what, two-time champion, two-time finals MVP, mm-hmm. defensive player of the year two times. Like, he has a very loaded resume. But just by, just by like, watching him now, it feels like I think one more championship run by him where he's definitively the best player on his team, I think that would cement him as, you know, as, like, the guy we thought he was maybe. But – 2019, like, no doubt. That was a great run. That was a great so, run. So here, here's where I think here's what I think you're trying to say. I feel yeah. like, well, well, not just you, but everybody in general. Mm. I feel like we gave him the title elite playoff performer a little too prematurely. See what I'm saying? Like I feel like we kind of just everybody just went yeah, with it maybe, before it yeah. was actually like a thing. Like, oh, he's elite, but it's like he hasn't really proven it yet. You gotta give him a little bit more time. Well, actually, actually, I, I wouldn't say that because honestly, I do think he's elite but the way people talk about him is like he's an all-time great they talk about him like he's a top 10 playoff performer of all time and that's I mean, where I think Kevin said that he's better than Kobe in the playoffs I think he said I think he also said like uh 27 year old Kawhi is better than 27 year old Jordan so I mean, I mean I <laughs> he says a lot of things <laughs> so um I, I don't know. I don't think he deserves the all-time great label yet, like a LeBron James or something like that in the playoffs. Would have. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think he's good, but I think he has something to prove, for sure. He has something to Indeed. prove, especially Indeed. if he loses this year. Exactly. I guess the team he was favored to beat. But that, mm. that also brings me to one more thing. It, it brings me to the defense thing, because all year we've been saying, oh, yeah, Kawhi, Paul George, they're two-way players, right? Mm. Um, I don't think so. Like when when's the last time Kawhi really was locking people up in the playoffs? Like, well, his it, defense has declined. I, I can't lie about that. His defense has declined. Everybody's been waiting for him to 
to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take Luca tonight, and it's like, when is that mm. gonna happen? It, it's you only in spurts too. Like I, I've seen him take Luca, but like it's it's in very like short flashes. And then like, he easy he's not he, consistent. He, yeah, whenever he does it, he easily allows someone to switch on. So it's like you ain't really yeah. guard him. I, you know, at that point, self. I would think like after Luca just continuously cooks Zubac over and over and over and over, like I would think Kawhi would be like, hmm, if I'm guarding Luca, let me try and go over or something. Let me try and like chase through the screen or something because Zubac See, cannot get here, it. Here, here's what separates like you know Kawhi from the people he's always compared to. He's always compared to like Kobe and Jordan, right? Mm. Here's the thing: once Luca gets 35, if that's mm. MJ or Kobe, oh no, nah, let me get on him. I need that. Because now they got yeah. 35. I got a guard now. When Luca mm. get 35, Kawhi acting like it's not even happening. Like, nah, when you I, see the other player going for 30, 40, you better, you better do something about it. What the mm. hell are you doing? Even if he doesn't, like, stop him specifically, at like, least, at least take the challenge. Yeah, that, at that'll try. at least motivate exactly. your teammates or something. Because if I remember, you get hooked, I, I got to – oh, yeah, you, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll my fault, So, um, what I'm saying, like, if you get cooked, at least you tried, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, go ahead. What mm. was you going to say? But I was going to say, I, I had a perfect example of this. In 2009, in the Western Conference Finals, in game one of that series, Kobe Bryant, he came out there, you know, against the Red Hot Nuggets with Chauncey Billups going insane for the playoff run. Mm-hmm. First half, he took Chauncey Billups. He was shutting him down. He was like two of five or like one of five or something like that. Chauncey mm-hmm. was not playing his game at all. But when Carmelo Anthony in that game started heating up, Kobe was like, okay, let me take the challenge of Carmelo. I don't know if I'll be able to shut him down or anything like that because he's so hot, but I- I'll try at least. And that's yeah, what he and that's the Second thing. half, he took Carmelo mm-hmm. and won them the game. See, that's all we're asking. We're just asking you to take the challenge, and Kawhi definitely hasn't done that yet. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and move on to finals predictions because now that, Le- now that LeBron and the Lakers is out of the way, it's pretty mm-hmm. much wide open. Yep. For, as far as the East is concerned, I still got the Nets winning. I think the Nets and Bucks series, however, is going to be the best series for the whole playoffs. I it's think so. got to go seven. Yeah, it's going to be the offense to. versus the elite defense. Yep. I mean, Harden and Giannis hate each other pretty much. They're always throwing jabs at each other. So that's going to be entertaining. <laughs> you but, know, I saw I saw a quote somewhere saying, <laughs> I don't know if this is real, but it was like a, 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 an alleged quote from Giannis. It was like, oh, the Nets have great players like uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Jeff Green. I, I, I swear I see that real. somewhere. If he said I think that, that was man, I, tensions are going to be high in this series. All right, so not that this is like, you know, this is kind of like on a side note, but who do you think better, Giannis or Harden? Uh, if I had to personally build a team around someone, I don't know. I just like two-way players. and I do I like mean, two-way players as well. Giannis, Giannis fits that mode. I think I'd personally, I don't know, it's tough because Giannis has that reputation in the playoffs, but – I don't know if that's because of coaching in the playoffs or the team just not playing well in the playoffs, but it, it's it's something. But mm, that's a tough one. But I personally, just because of his great two-way ability, I'd probably take Giannis for now and for the future. But you know this is a three-point shooting league. True, can't true. Shoot. But that's, I could surround him with three-point shooters. I mean, that's, that's what Milwaukee tries to do, and they have solid results so far. They just have yet to break through. And this this could be the year, possibly, if they play well enough. No, I feel what you're saying. For me, I'm, I'm going to take Harden not just because of the shooting, but because of the elite playmaking. I mean, you can no argue doubt, no he was doubt. the best playmaker all year. So yeah, you, you I'll definitely probably, could. I'll probably say Harden. But, yeah, offensively, Harden's uh, – it, it's crazy. I've seen someone say this. It's like Harden can switch between 2017 and 2019 Harden at the drop of a hat. Like, 
he's crazy what he could do on offense. He, I, I don't think we've ever seen a player who can score and pass like that. I mean, yeah, I don't doubt, maybe you'd have to go back as far as like Oscar Robertson or something, but yeah, no, yeah, I, don't, I doubt it. Yeah, yeah, Oscar might be the only adept comparison. But mm. back to the to the West, because like I said, the East, I mean, it's either Milwaukee or or the Nets. Whoever wins that series pretty much won the conference. I, think I don't so. think the Sixers yeah. are going to be able to beat either one of them. Mm. But as far as the West is concerned, who do you have coming out? It's it's tough because the West is wide open right now. I don't think I don't think the Jazz will come out of the West. I I just personally don't think that'll happen. I honestly yeah, don't I know if they'll even make it out of the second. I don't think they'll make it out of the second round if they play the Mavs because I just feel like the Mavs they could get red hot from three at at any moment. So mm-hmm. with Luca's incredible playmaking and his ability to just hit open teammates off doubles and just at any moment, like it's crazy. I think I saw something that like said um, in their last game in game what was it uh, five? Uh, they were like uh, Luca scored or assisted on like. 32 of the Mavs, like 37 made field goals. Like he he's a one man offense, basically just surrounded mm-hmm. by shooters. It's it's unbelievable what he can do. And I feel like he would be able to attack Gobert and kind of exploit him in the pick and roll. Like Rudy um, a fraud, everybody know that. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> even if they do, let's say they make it past Dallas, I feel like, in my personal opinion, I think Denver will come out of that second round series with Jokic and you know MPJ playing well. I feel like they'll be gonna... they play Phoenix in the second round, right? Yeah, if they, yeah, if they since play, Chris Paul is hurt, I'll probably say the Nuggets probably win in like six. Yeah, but uh, if if they do, if the Jazz play, let's say the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, I feel like Jokic is gonna have a, probably like an all-time great series against Gobert. Not yeah, gonna bro, lie, Gobert cannot check that man. Yeah, I, I remember so, there was a game like last season where he had like thirty, twenty, and ten on Gobert. Like it's unbelievable what he does. To him. He's like, is that is that your is that your DPOI? <laughs> No, yeah. but here's here's another thing too. Okay, so you're you're saying if the Mavs were to were to beat the Clippers, right? They, you pretty much have the Mavs winning, right? Uh, I have them going to the Western Conference Finals. Now between them and the Nuggets, that's tough. I, like my heart is saying pick the Mavs because I just want to see Luca do well. But I don't know mm-hmm. if I can go against the MVP of the league. Like I feel like, ooh, that's that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. I, if I had to pick one right now, I'd say. I I could be very wrong with this. I I'm saying Mavs and seven. I figured you would say that. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you a curveball here. Let's say somehow the Clippers win the series, right, and they beat the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that change anything? Ooh, I I think so because I don't think I don't think the Jazz can like get this hot from three point range against the Clippers because that's really what's killing them. Like the Mavs. Their shooters are getting open because Luca is drawing so much attention, and he's just hitting them, and they're knocking down shots in certain games. I don't think the Jazz can punish them like that, so I think they could beat them. Now against the Nuggets, I feel like the Nuggets have like a a, a mental hold over the Clippers now that they made them blow a three one lead. Yeah, but a lot of that had to do with Jamal Murray though, and he's not there. That's true, but I, ooh, that that'd be tough. I think I think that series would yet again go to seven. But I, I feel like Jokic, he's improved a lot this year. Just as an overall Do you overall think his player. improvement makes up for the difference that they lost in Jamal? I think so because they've been playing so well without Jamal Murray. I'm not saying they're as good without him because that. Damn, so you saying Jamal Lowe impact? You saying Jamal Lowe impact? No, 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 <laughs> not not any of that. I feel like 
maybe his injury motivated them to play better or something. Like they played with that next man up mentality, mm-hmm. but I definitely think they could still probably beat the Clippers because they just have that like mental like advantage over them because they know, okay, we've beaten these guys before we could do it again. I don't know, man. This, this Western conference is definitely shaping up to be super. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand. Like one team gets eliminated and now it's completely wide open. Yeah. I mean, if health permitted, I'd definitely say the Lakers still had it, but it didn't, and, you know, we lost. So I'd say it's definitely as wide open as it's been in a while. All right, so I got I got another one for you. Assuming health, do the Nets win the championship? Man, I mean, I as much as I don't want to say it, it's looking like it. I mean, it's not going to be much. I mean, KD got another fraudulent, fraudulent ass, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're definitely. Uh, I, I definitely call them a super team. I yeah. said this. I said, they, oh yeah, for for sure. But I said this yesterday, mm. right? I don't. Nobody really saw it because obviously I lost all my account. I mean, I lost my bigger account, so I don't really have that yeah. many followers now. Mm. But I said, Katie really hasn't proven anything yet. So him winning the championship or not, it doesn't mean anything for me. Like I don't. Am I wrong? I I do think his championships. I mean, a championship is a championship, but they're not all made equal. I yeah, mean, not, KD he, has more to he prove. He hasn't won a weightful championship yet. He he hasn't had like yeah, I I get what you mean. He hasn't had like an incredible like, in, like very impressive title run or something like that. I so. I don't I, <laughs> that's that's the thing, and you can almost argue it's kind of like the same situation that happened in Golden State. Is mm. you could actually I don't even think it's an argument. I don't believe Kevin Durant is the most important player on his team. I think it's James Harden. And he wasn't the most important player in Golden State. Do you believe that? Oh, no. That, that was definitely Stephen Curry back then. Exactly. Um, I, I'd say they were both great. They were both – skill-wise, I'd say they were both on a similar level. But in terms of importance to that team, it was Curry by a decent margin. And I feel the same way with this team. Like, the, Harden throughout the whole season, every game he's played, they I mean, they have an incredible – Yeah, they, they've been playing better with Harden. And I believe that's probably because of his ability to just create for others as well as for himself. Mm-hmm. Where – KD isn't as proficient in terms of just creating for others. He could definitely create for himself. Let's, I mean, obviously, that's Kevin Durant. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's what makes Harden a better offensive piece for them and just a maybe a more valuable piece. But I, I don't know if I could judge that so far because I, I really have to see what they do against the Bucks to really judge who the most valuable player on that team is. Yeah, that, because really they played the, yeah, they played the Celtics. And obviously, the Celtics – they, they were beat up. Cheats. They were so beat up. Yeah, Robert I mean, Williams out, Kemba Walker game. out, Dylan Brown out. Like Jason Tatum put Jason Tatum played incredible just to get one game. Yeah, I mean he has dropped fifty. That's like literally historic. Mm-hmm. But as far as the Nets, I mean, like I said, I'm picking them to win the series, and I'm picking them to win the championship. We'll mm-hmm. see who they get in the West. But with that out of the way, that was the episode, bro. I really appreciate having you on. Give me your mm-hmm. app one more time. Uh, my ad on Twitter is at KB's Goat. Uh, follow me again if you want some, you know, NBA or Kobe content. You know, I'll be posting about the playoffs as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just drop a follow if you want. Well, like I said, probably the best Kobe account on Burr app. Thank you. By the way, man, I appreciate your time for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. we up out of here, man. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks for having me.